there. It's Michelle from Movement Lesson. Here is baby movements. Baby movements birth to 24 months. Getting to know your baby is really important. Getting to know your baby's movements are what creates everything that your child will do from now to the rest of their lives. Movement is the vocabulary that is needed before speech. Movement is the vocabulary that is needed before responses and comprehension and all sorts of things like that. I'm going through my 99 Super Baby Secrets. If you just go to 99superbabysecrets.com, you can get this free PDF to go with these podcasts. And at the same time, you can go to movementlesson.academy. And anywhere on the internet, basically, Movement Lesson, that's me. I'm all around trying to help children move better. It's my mission statement to eradicate special needs. However, listening to my mock podcast doesn't mean that you have a child that's even at risk for special needs. It's about understanding how they move and how this movement forms into cognitive awareness. Having a super smart baby, all of those kind of things come through movements. Remember, all the major milestones are created way before your child starts to really start to speak, stringing along words. They will say mommy, daddy before they're walking, but they will also not go into a three-word sentence of some sort until those milestones are achieved. If those milestones are not achieved, it's not saying your child will never speak, but you will see the labor and all of that and getting their movements to organize first when they're supposed to versus this wait and see attitude. That's what I'm about. Everybody has a right to help their child. And the only way you can really help your child is through movement. I don't mean health and well-being and so forth. Yes, you go to your pediatrician if you have any concerns for what I'm saying or your child's development, you go first to your pediatrician and if not, onto a specialist. However, knowing that your baby needs movements, that's what I'm here about. I'm your movement coach for your baby. You want a baseball player? You start now. You want a football player? You start now. If you want to have a child going to Harvard, you start now. Movement is the same equation for all of those. Super baby secret number four, breathing is a baby's first major response to opposing the floor and gravity. Breathing is a source of life, and we all know that. For us to live, we need to breathe. We need our hearts to beat. That's what causes life. But now we're getting into what movement creates as far as a milestone goes. Breathing is really important because why? Again, it's the baby's first true experience of opposing the floor. Remember, when you're in a womb, there's no opposition. Yes, there's there's spasms and kicks and so forth that, that are there, but it's done in amniotic fluid inside your womb. When a baby's first breath is there, there's a lot that goes on from expanding the rib cage to expanding the shoulder girdles away from the pelvis, opening up the diaphragm, but more so your intercostal muscles, the muscles in between the ribs really need to, in a sense, get into place. What does that mean? There should be a full breath expansion. Usually we talk about a baby crying right at birth, but they need that power. That power is there. It's a first sign of elimination that a baby will really have is breath. They'll be intaking air and expanding air through various processes that are going on through their childbirth. Any child that has issues or complications with breathing, I strongly suggest some form of awareness for intervention because if a child has problems opposing gravity in breath, 
there's a high chance they will have a problem opposing gravity in milestones. Walking is opposing gravity. Coming to sitting is opposing gravity. Rolling over is opposing gravity. So that's what I talk about gravity, or you might want to look at as the floor. I don't like to talk about the floor too much per se, because guess what? Babies have what's called an absolute horizon. And I have videos on all of this um, to guide you. If you really want to see what's going on with your baby, I have the largest library of working with the human body, especially with babies. I have the newborn and movement assessment, and I've been doing this for a very long time. Why? Because I didn't know my son had regression at 13 months and he regressed to a three-month level. I wish I knew all these secrets. These secrets are for you because I didn't have them. Part of how we, we become who we are. So what goes on in breathing? Well, there's a bit of detailed, but the main thing is, is breathing actually happens in all directions. This is why it's really important that your child gets to lay on your chest some tummy time and gets to be unswaddled and they get to be in all positions because they need to breathe in all positions. We think if I say take a deep breath, we think of filling up our upper lungs. But for a baby, we can't say take a deep breath. That's just not the way that they work. So their ribs, their lungs, all of this have to expand equally in all directions. Sort of like if you're blowing up a balloon, right? You're blowing up the balloon. And even that is not the same concept because the balloon is expanding against where you're pushing in air, but it's expanding equally in all directions. Now, if a child has had some sort of, let's say, birth trauma, cord wrapped around their neck, and this happens, so I need to talk about it. I need to help you out. It's not like, oh, but my baby didn't have a good first breath. Well, you can still work on it. I have a free breathing course, right? I meant, I, I did it because I just thought a lot of babies would have been sick with COVID, and thank God we don't have that. But I still have this wonderful breathing course that you can go over if your child really has had respiratory distress at all during the birthing process. There is a higher chance for premature babies not to get a full first breath. There is a higher chance of, again, birth trauma. And that's where they don't set up the push-pull milestones in the muscles themselves throughout the body. That's one of the complications. There's another problem complications if your child is predispositioned for, let's say, a genetic condition. Now, genetics tend to represent what we call a low tone or a floppy baby. You're being told that they're not strong enough to breathe, they're too weak to breathe, all of those kind of things. But again, it's not about being strong or weak. It's being able to oppose gravity, to expand that lung in all directions. If a child is even being put in for phototherapy, let's say for jaundice, and I'm not saying don't do these therapies, guys, by the way, or hospital intervention. The hospital is there to save your baby's life, to make sure that they're ready to go home and thrive. You have to listen to your doctor. You have to also be educated in the movements. That's the part I'm here for. I'm not trying to circumvent any decisions that you make in that behalf. But when you have, let's say, IVs on your child, EEGs and so forth, there could be a situation where in that section, the ribs can't expand in all direction because again, not only do they have to oppose gravity and breath, now they have to oppose gravity with something on them. Those, those little IVs that you think are three ounces, six ounces can really affect a nervous system that it's already struggling. Now let's get into the facts of breathing. 
When a baby is coming out of a vaginal canal, a natural delivery, one of the first developmental milestones is the two bones in your head, the parietal bones, hit gravity, expand out, and almost like a, a, a cold balloon going into hot air, and you get that whoosh, right? So so this, your skull bones feel the, you know, the release of the womb, and they go to expand. This sets up the spinal column, but it also sets up the pull of the head to come out. It's a very quick process. You can actually watch a really neat video on MRIs of uh, birth, and you'll see this. Now, this is very similar to a champagne cork, and the physics behind it is called cavitation. So what happens now is the baby's head starts to morph a bit, almost like, again, if you watch a champagne cork in slow motion, almost like a mushroom top. So that force is to bring the baby's face quickly out of the womb. Why? Because we don't want it to swallow macronium, get stuck in that area. That whoosh helps with the process. What it also does is brings in or expands the palate of the mouth up. And that's where you get your first, in a sense, suck, right? A lot of people think suck is a reflex, but it's an articulation done during the cavitation process where, again, the head is expanding, coming out. It sucks it up just like that champagne cork. And you hear that, right? You don't hear a baby per se snap like that, but but you get that pop, that pop, that cavitation. Now we have foam in the lungs. And please, guys, this is a podcast that you're probably listening to driving, so I'm not giving an anatomy course. I'm going in through the structures and the movements of breathing. So that expands that lung. The foam opens up. So you have carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, all that goes to expand. Again, very similar. If you pop that cork of the champagne, all those bubbles come out. Well, just imagine that's your child's internal breath. That force of that internal breath with the external force of gravity, which is 14.7 PSI, again, going back and forth against your child's rib cages, their bodies, their systems, creates that first breath or that wow, right? That force that comes at, that wow allows that, that total expansion of the lungs. It pushes out the pelvis. That first breath gets felt throughout all the way down to the fingers and toes. And they, they come out into that and that gives the force of power, how much power to need for the first breath. Remember, you can't tell a baby hold and count for four or expand and all of that. Those are external forces and cognitive forces. Matter of fact, I can usually tell when someone's had a bit too much breathing therapy because they have a hard time making decisions because they'll, they'll say, you know, have you ever been with someone? They're like, oh, wait, wait. I have to take a deep breath. Just like, let me get my breath back. Okay, I understand the balance in that. But at the same time, you should be as an adult able to move in and out of your emotions without breathing being the main factor of regulating whether you're calm or not. It's a good assessment tool, but that doesn't mean it's the end all be all that you need for your system. You should be able to get mad. It is okay to get mad and maybe huff and puff because you need a different rate of power. By regulating the breath, again, as you know, it makes you more passive, which can be good at times because you don't want to haul off and hit someone. But at the same time, we don't necessarily have to be passive. It's okay to have emotions, but it's just how we transition in and out of these emotions, especially around other people that are important factors. So now where can complications come in? First of all, you can have a low weight baby. 
So even though you're coming out of the vaginal canal, right, it doesn't get the same force, the parietal bones and so forth, or forceps are used, vacuums are used, and it interrupts a bit of that process. There could be a cord wrapped around the neck, cord wrapped around the feet, something that, again, that whoosh, that that momentum is off. A premature baby is also most likely going to be an underweight baby where the complications can come with a premature baby is, first of all, the foam is not even in the lungs yet, so it doesn't expand from the inside out. So that's where you might have intubation or ventilation or something where you're forcing air, again, like a balloon, where air is being pumped into the lungs, but it's not setting up the mechanics of pressure to pressure. So if I breathe in, right, I'm pushing away gravity. And when gravity decides it's gonna, you know, dance with that and pushes my lungs in, I breathe, I exhale. So, and I go in and out based off of that function, right? It's one of the big complications that astronauts have. And we get into that more with my, my podcast from babies to astronauts, where again, I'm going to talk about this breathing just so you can, if you want to develop that more, that podcast is movement 4.0 from babies to astronauts. So when a baby is also premature, their skin grows faster than their bodies in the beginning. So their bodies grow into their skins. So sometimes it's sort of like wearing a giant overcoat. There's too much skin and that skin makes it hard for the lungs to completely expand out. It's sort of like blowing up a balloon inside of a balloon and the exterior balloon is has more space than the interior balloon. So you get that rattle that doesn't get that full expansion. And these are really important. Again, a low-toned child might have that first breath, but then the muscles don't set up, especially with the muscular dystrophy, some of the more severe severe muscular dystrophies, not just muscular dystrophy, there's others, low tones that can present. And then you'll start to see possibly retraction or the lungs go out sort of sideways because again, gravity's pressure is too much or or again, they just can't even expand and we have to intervene with possibly even intubation that the child needs to be resuscitated or maintained. There, You could be told that you need a tracheotomy, worst case scenario, uh, BiPAP, CPAP, you know, that's very common with, let's say, spinal muscle atrophy, um, where babies are on, on the BiPAP because they go to sleep. And sleeping is not where we're weaker, we're just more system-based. So when I'm sitting here talking to you, I have a certain breath cycle, let's say. If I were to suddenly start working out, I'd have a different breath cycle, right? I need more force to get more oxygen in. If I'm now suddenly running or going into the high cardios, now I'm going to be what we consider maybe a huffing and puffing or or that kind of thing where, again, I need more air intake, more power, more oxygen getting to my system. Our systems regulate that. Babies really don't. But at the same thing, at the end of the day, we can do breathing exercises, you and I, all day long. When you go to sleep at night, that's when your system, your body takes over and it self-regulates. You can't sit there and say, okay, breathe a little harder. This is where um, some of my clients or people that I've talked to, let's say, wear what's called a therasuit of some sort, where they feel that that helps their their muscles or control of the spine. But at the same time, this is the first thing I warn them about is, is breathing and speech. Because we're not meant to have muscle-based breathing. I'm not meant to force my lungs out and talk to you. Again, I can't articulate at the same level. And those come into play. I see this with, um, sorry to say, addicted babies. 
um, they get more what I call a machine gun cry that because <laughs> their, their lungs can't even cycle out to do that. <sighs> right. You can hear that whole cycle of the lungs and, and they get more of that or some conditions have like a more of a cat cry. And again, it's a different cycle of respiratory responses. These respiratory responses sets up really our active and passive phases of our muscles. It sets up our ability to, again, to tell the brain, this is what it's going to take to oppose gravity. Now I can start lifting my fingers. Now I can start lifting my eyelids. Now I can start, you know, it seems so simple, but that's how a baby learns to move. Do you need to know more about learning how to move? Stick with Movement Lesson, and we're here to show you how your baby has the possibilities to move. Remember, the greatest gift you can give your child is movement, because movement is their cognitive development, their organization, and comes into the laters of the cognitive, not just cognitive being smart, but the comprehension skills, be uh, mind over matter, all of those kind of things, quality of our learning processes, all start with how your baby is learning how to breathe. 99superbabysecrets.com to get your free PDF. It has all the 99 secrets that go along with this podcast. Movementlesson.academy if you need me, if you need help for your baby to move. I'm your movement coach. That's where you come over to my clinic or one of my practitioners. And they're all listed there. I have courses, everything available to help your baby from tummy time, let's say, rolling over to your super baby boot camp. There's a great package being offered for your complete baby set at movementlesson.academy. And then it's tummy time exercises, but with a hyphen in between each one. Look for me on Facebook. I'm here to help you join the Baby Movement Group. Here's a Baby Movement Podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about Super Baby Secret Number 5. A baby who has difficulties breathing at birth is at high risk for vertical milestone delays. And I'll go into it more in details how trying to improve your baby's first breath will go later on into improving their chances for milestone development. Thanks so much. It's Michelle. Enjoy your day.